It's mealtime. Okay. Alright, hi everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Token Singaporean. My name is Monster and today I have with me my friend Pablo uh, who's here to basically share a little bit about what he does in crypto and something that I found very interesting about him was um, uh, when I heard him share about this thing called Blue Economy that is uh, specific to Argentina. I'll leave him to share more about it later. But welcome Pablo. <laughs> Thank okay. you for coming aboard and uh, can you just, you know, um, introduce a little bit about yourself and you know where you're from and you know where you're currently based and so on right well i am pablo i am from argentina i moved to paris like five months ago to work in ledger and um, before that i was living and working in argentina working in the crypto industry uh, i knew about bitcoin around 2015 2016 and what we talked about a little bit is the the blue economy what we call the dollar blue Mm. Uh, I'm not sure if you want to talk about it now or later, or what do you think? I think we can talk about it a little bit more later, but um, before we continue, I just want to ask, you know, you got into uh, cryptocurrency in about, about 2015, right? Yeah. How did that happen? Like, how was it for well, you? Uh, usually, I mean, in most cases, uh, people usually know about Bitcoin or about crypto because a friend told them about it. Right. The funny thing is that I don't really remember how I first knew about Bitcoin. Okay. Nobody showed it to me. I okay. just found it on the internet. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, I was actually wanting, I wanted to invest. I wanted to buy stocks mm. in the stock market in Argentina. Okay. The thing is that the bank, because I had so few savings, I had like $200. Those were my life savings, right? Right. And dollars you mean in USD? Yeah. Okay, okay. So the thing is that I went to the bank being like 21 years old. Uh, I was really happy. I got up really early to go to talk with the guy from the bank to open my investment account. Mm. The thing is that the guy basically laughed at me because it was, I mean, it was nothing for mm this bank and the papers and the documentation that I, they asked me, I didn't have anything of it, okay. like a proof of resident. I mean, I was a student, I was so fucking broke. Mm. And the thing is that because they closed this door mm. of investing in the uh, stock market, let's say, uh, I think it was in, in forums, in groups, in like, I don't really know how I got to know about Bitcoin, but mm. at first I was interested in only investing. Okay. Uh, I've been trading uh, since full time. I mean, like I quit my job <laughs> to start trading whole day uh, between 2017 and 2020. Okay. Uh, it was trading cryptos. Trading crypto. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And after that, I've been working on the exchange market. Okay. Uh, what we call the blue market, mm. which is like it's basically between uh, crypto, okay, US dollars, and Argentinian pesos. Okay. These are the three main participants in this okay. market. Okay. So this is something that would be very interesting to our listeners, I think, because even for me, talking to you was the first time that I heard about this blue economy. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and I understand that from 2015 till now, you know, your crypto journey has evolved a lot. You've done a lot of different things. So for a start, you know, um, after trading uh as an individual you went on to work in the blue uh blue economy can you now tell us officially you know what is this so-called blue economy that is um in argentina yeah well basically it's a fancy way to call the blue market really okay uh, if you keep in mind that for example in venezuela you have a black market to buy chicken to buy groceries to buy food it's like the black market is defined 
by what the government says that it's illegal. Okay. So because the exchange market between the US dollars and the Argentinian pesos it's so regulated, uh, there's a huge black market for the exchange, the informal exchange, which is not like only uh, for criminals or drug dealers or people that uh, have like shady stories. It's like the blue market includes uh, everyone, like teachers, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, Just anyone who wants to get involved in this so-called regulated thing. Is that right. what it's saying? But the thing is, we have s such a high inflation yeah. that as soon as you have a little bit of money, you want to buy US dollars. Right. This is something we've been doing culturally speaking. Okay, okay. And you cannot buy dollars from the bank directly because there's a lot of regulations and there's a limit. Mm. Uh, so what you can do is to go to the street, talk with someone mm. out there, and it depends. Of, of course, I mean, it's not the same if, if you want to buy $300, it will probably be just from someone on the street. Like if you are buying weed or something, it's like <laughs> it's more or less the same thing if it's like a really small market. Right, right. Now, the kind of market I was working on is much, much bigger. It mm. was like a minimum transaction was like $5,000. Okay. And this was like an office. This was like an actual bank. You know, we had security. We had a whole level. It's like a very different market. Right. Okay. So when you're talking about sort of like buying all these stuff, you're talking about buying USD as well as crypto. Yeah. So maybe crypto, is it right to say that um, people got interested in crypto as an alternative to USD? Yeah. Because it's also a good store of value, right? Is that right? Yeah. And, you know, unlike a lot of different countries where even though, you know, there could be regulations, but you can probably still find exchanges yeah. in um, official uh, platforms to buy your cryptocurrencies or even, you know, exchange with uh, other currencies in fiat. In Argentina, it's not the case. So very often you have to buy it through very illegal means like, quote unquote illegal. Blue. Yeah, it's yeah, blue, <laughs> blue base, right? We call it blue because it doesn't sound so so ugly. It doesn't sound black. Yeah. <laughs> Basically that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so it's this is something so different from like, yeah. you know, the experience that we have. Because just like what you said, you know, your culture is such that whenever you have some kind of savings in Argentinian dollars, you want to change it to another currency. Yeah. But for me, um I'm based in Singapore and we and Singapore has always been such a strong dollar. We have never had to worry about this kind of things. Right. So it's super interesting to us, you know, how, you know, um, crypto has um, sort of empowered people in um, your country in a different way because it allows you to store your the value of, you know, your earnings other than in USD. So this right. is something that I find that's very different that I think would be nice for people to know when people talk about how crypto is a scam, crypto is useless, you know, it's not true. There's so many use applications for it and things are already happening right now. Something yeah. very, very practical that we see is, mm. I will mention like three scenarios, let's mm. say. Mm. Let's say you're a graphic designer, a developer, or someone who can work for a company that is out of the country. Mm. Uh, which is like a very privileged situation to be right now. Yep. Uh, let's say you want to buy, you want to work for a company that is from Argentina, mm -hmm. that is offering services to another country, right? They will pay. They will pay you the equivalent to maybe seven hundred, six hundred uh, dollars. Okay. A month. Mm. Uh, in pesos. Okay. They will pay you in pesos. Mm. So it's uh, not great. Yeah. Now, if you work doing basically the same thing for a company directly as a freelancer, mm. 
uh, you will get, let's say, I don't know, 2,000, 3,000 a month. Uh, if you receive it in your bank account, mm. they will change it at the official exchange rate. Okay. That is set by the government. And including the taxes and everything, you will get almost half of it. Only, so half of it will be taken away A little by the bit government. less than half, actually. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's what I mean by almost half. Okay. Uh, if you do it with the bank. Okay. Now, if instead you prefer to do it using uh, PayPal, using uh, USDT, yes. for example, yes. uh, then you can change it in the blue market mm. and you will get uh, cash, basically. You will right. get 100% of your value. Right. So, you know, that makes a lot of difference because It's very attractive yes. right now to use crypto, to use especially USDT. Yes. And, you know, one thing I'm, I'm interested to know, like a... Does the government know that this is happening? Yeah. And but are they doing anything to you know sort of clamp things down or like how yeah. are they dealing with this? I mean, uh, it's pretty pretty sad when you think about it because the government basically they can't do anything about it. Mm. It's not the bigger issue that they have right now, uh, because technically it's not affecting them directly. If you think about it, mm -hmm. uh, the guy who is bringing money from the outside without paying taxes, uh, he's not taking, uh, like, how, how would you call it, when the, the, the reserves of mm -hmm. the bank, reserves, the central yes. bank, yep. is not being affected by it. Yep. Because you bring the money in USDT, you exchange it on the legal exchange market, yep. and then you spend it in pesos, probably. Right. So it's like, it's not affecting directly. Yeah. It's more like a way of tax evasion, let's say. Yeah. Uh, but it's not the biggest problem that the government has right now. If you think right. about the debt, if you think about like the, the spending that the government has, mm. uh, it's not a big deal. Yeah, I understand. So like actually my next question, my next question was more or less uh, with regards to you know how applications of crypto in Argentina is different from the rest of the world, let's say compared to more developed countries like the US. But I think the examples that you gave made it quite clear to us that, you know, um, yeah. perhaps in um, developed countries um, or rather, you know, crypto as a industry, as we know, a lot of people see it as the rich man's game. You know, it's right. always like growing your wealth, that kind of thing, you know, something that is not very tangible in a sense. Yeah. yeah. But over over at the other side of the world in Argentina, you see that, you know, it is not as fluffy as it seems. You know, people are using it day to day for to solve real life problems. Yeah. So that is something that is very interesting as well. Thank you for pointing that out. So you, yeah. can, you can buy a cell phone with USDT in Argentina. Exactly. Most of the like tech uh, gadget company like you can buy a, I don't know a computer a PlayStation uh, maybe even a car it's like it's getting more and more normal for people to start accepting uh, especially USDT and this is I mean I don't want to be a Bitcoin maxi yeah I am secretly a Bitcoin maxi <laughs> <laughs> but I am not proud of it because it's like I don't want to be the kind of maxi that only loves Bitcoin and hates everything else. Yeah, yeah. I sure. I try to be really open to new technologies and uh, I'm curious about NFT. Yep. <laughs> but the thing is, uh, it's getting really, it's doing really well USDT yep. in Argentina. It's doing really well, especially using the Tron, mm. uh, because the fees are so low and for some reason everyone uses Binance, which yep. I fucking hate. <laughs> <laughs> Because Binance is like a KYC custodial exchange. Yes. That is not, I mean, you don't have the private keys. They know who you are. They yes. have your ID. That is not crypto. Yep. You don't have it. Okay. Uh, 
I don't have anything against Binance, but I don't like the way they they work. Yeah, that like just in terms of the operations, right? Yeah. It's pretty much, I mean, in a way, it's not popular opinion, but in a way, it's still very centralized. Yeah, yeah at the end of the day, 100%. Right? So, yeah, you know, I completely understand. And I think something you pointed out is, is really like poignant in a sense because, you know, how you are saying that in Argentina, people would prefer, you know, if you pay in crypto. Yeah. But, you know, we still have so many naysayers in our day-to-day life saying like, who like, for example, you go to a shop and then you, um, maybe you talk to friends and then you're like, why are you getting like, do you really think that people accept crypto in the future? You know, why would people pay with crypto? Why would people want to do that? There's so much resistance right. in the more developed side of the world. But then, you know, it's so open at the other part of the world. So yeah. with this in mind, right, like uh, we are looking at a very big picture. Do you see that in the future with this going on like this and with how technology is like going, hmm. whether you see a shift in power over time, you know, because of the difference in um, how um, the different countries utilize this new technology that is considered yeah. to be the future? I think in the future we will have like today, you have Netflix, Yes. you have Amazon Prime, Yes. You have HBO, you have Paramount, you have I don't know how many streaming services. Yep. Uh, which is like the official Binaria, uh legal and mainstream uh, corporate way. Yep. Centralized way to to access, let's say, movies, yes. series, entertainment whatever. content in this case, right? Now, this is one way of using yep. uh, and accessing your movies and stuff. Yep. But there's also torrent, mm-hmm. and this yeah. is something that has been around for. Yes, yeah, since <laughs> and, I was alive. And we'll be there, uh, and they are coexisting. I mean, you will still have, in a few years, we will probably still have uh, Binance, Coinbase, Kraken, yes. centralized exchanges. Yes. But there will always be the option of having your own wallet, of having yep. a hardware wallet, for example, yep. of having like your own keys. And I, I don't think one technology has to be opposite, or like one or the other, mm. dollar or crypto. It's like... I think both options will coexist. Yep. And if you think about the history, it's like many times we have uh, very different currencies and they have to compete. You need a strong currency, you need a shitty currency, you need a, a, a cheaper, uh, I don't know. It's like the market will decide and there there's no need to have only one. I don't believe yes. like, okay, Bitcoin will be the currency of the world. Mm. Uh, I don't believe that. I mean, yep. it will be adopted in the whole world and it's right now, I think. But there's no reason to to think that the dollar will will die. Yeah, so. for sure, for sure. So like you mentioned, you know, and I completely understand and agree that is that, you know, right now a lot of people are having this very extreme sentiment in a sense that it's an either or um, yeah. scenario. But, you know, at the end of the day, we've seen in many different cases that uh, or throughout history that, you know, a lot of different uh, things can gradually co- coexist and it's all about meeting that equilibrium over time you know right. and market mechanism will probably work itself out at the end of the day and yeah we'll just see how it goes i completely agree right. with you on that point it's very interesting and it depends on the kind of views you want to give it i mean for my mom who wants to see i don't know a very specific thing and it's on netflix and it's much easier for her to just click a few buttons and it doesn't require a really high technical level it's like so simple to you can have it on your tv you can have it on your phone you can remember uh, which part you were i mean it's it's a service you're yep. a client yeah and that's the way centralized exchange works okay and it's not bad i mean i don't love it but it's necessary and i think it will be around for a while right yeah completely agree 
So okay. next question. Uh, well, as this this podcast is very NFT focused at the end yeah. of the day, I just want to ask you, you know, if you can tell me more about how people in Argentina feel, uh, view this like NFT yeah. uh, revolution that is going on. And, you know, perhaps, you know, give me your personal view on um, the recent, you know, how we have been through a, a, a huge hype. And right now yeah. we are in the pits crashed, completely yeah. crashed. Uh, and how you see this thing going forward, you know, in terms of this technology, in terms of uh, whether the hype will grow, come back again, you know, whatever you think about uh, the NFT scene. Right. Well, uh, I will speak about what I have seen in Argentina, at least. Mm. It was more like uh, maybe not on the main focus, Okay. to be honest. It's okay. like most of transactions, most of uh, crypto users, let's say, they will be really focused on USDT, okay. Bitcoin, and Ethereum. Okay. That Why USDT the... and not USDC? Like, pardon my pardon my ignorance, <laughs> but I, I'm just wondering. It, it just became a standard for some reason. Okay. I don't know, okay. really. It's completely arbitrary. Okay, okay, cool. But I think it was before USDT. Okay, okay. Uh, and I actually know the first guy. I, 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 I'm not sure. I know I will not share this story. To, uh, offline, maybe. But <laughs> okay, okay. I know one of the guys who was... A really early adopter okay. who brought uh, this blue market into crypto. Ah, okay. Uh, it's a really funny guy. Right. Yeah. Okay, we'll talk about this offline. <laughs> we will talk about yes, it offline. Yes, yeah. yes, Okay, so like, you uh, know, your personal view, you know, about Ah, And this, about the NFT. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, when it comes to NFTs itself, I feel like it's a technology. Yep. It's a way to keep a record of ownership. Yes. Uh and as a technology, you cannot hate it. I mean, it's a technology, it's there, it's a tool, basically. Yeah, and it's a useful technology. It's a sense. very useful technology. Yes, yes. Now, on the personal view, maybe on, and uh, that is completely personal, it's not really important what I think about it, because yeah. the technology is there. Yeah. Uh, the way to decide if you like it or not is if you buy it or not. Yeah, okay. It's yeah. just as simple as that. And this is the good thing about uh, a market. Basically, it's like, Okay, you don't like it, don't buy it. Mm. You like it, buy it. That's, yep. It's that simple. Yeah, just put your uh, money where you think, you know, where you like it, you yeah. know, in a sense. Yep. And it's completely personal, it's completely secret. I mean, I can talk if I like it or not mm. in public and secretly own like a thousand NFTs. Yeah. And nobody will know. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and I actually own NFTs. I am not uh, really passionate about it because okay. I am pretty sceptic about certain aspects. Right. Especially about like the when it's only focused on the speculative art yes. side and it's like it's the same argument against Bitcoin of course it's, yep. you will have always this discussion Yep. but the thing is I don't know if we think about it uh, I don't want to mention any project in particular but think about an NFT mm. not a triple A but like double A yep. uh, like a pretty good not awesome NFT right yep. if you have this NFT in 20 years mm. you will find a market for it Will someone buy it? What is the price of an NFT if no one buys? Right. You know? Or rather, what's the price of this NFT if the founders do not build it, like just leave yeah. it on its own, right, in a sense? Yeah, that's a valid point. So it's like, for example, if you have uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum, or Cardano, or Cosmos, whatever currency, yep. you will always have an exchange market. Yep. And it's like, even if the project dies, well, there's still a market for everything. That's but true. for NFTs, it's like the... This is the problem about it being non-fungible. It's like it's yep. so unique that you need to find just one buyer. Yep. And it's not always easy. Yeah, that is the thing. that's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah. 
well, I think I, I guess that's a that's a fair point that people don't really think about. That is that in the short term, in short term, we can see that all these NFTs hold value. Yeah. But if you are going to be someone who is just investing in a way that you are buying stuff and putting it putting aside and just yeah. not looking at it and hope that in ten years time, twenty years time, it's gonna go to a different level of price right. in terms of price. You know, you really gotta start thinking whether NFT is the is the vehicle that you that will that right. will drive you there because uh, it's a completely different ballgame altogether, right? In right. a sense, yeah, that's very interesting. And you know, thank you for being here today. You know, we're almost done. Uh, just before we end, I just want to ask you because you know this podcast is uh mainly for people who are very beginner in the crypto space in the NFT space. So right. yourself as like a um you know um an OG in the space, can you give them maybe three tips or tricks that, you know, um, that will be a top advice to anyone who wants to enter the space. Right. Well, uh, I think a pretty good advice that will apply to almost everything, mm. not only on crypto, but also on investing, is like, do not overexpose yourself yep. in one single project. Yep. And it's really basic, but it's really it's easy. It's really easy to fuck it up. Yes, <laughs> I yes, mean, it's yes. Like Psychology is hot. When you're, when you're hot on something, when you're like so, so happy about it, and maybe you buy some NFTs and the collection went up, and now you want to buy more and more, or maybe you bought some crypto and the price is going great and the news are awesome, and it's like, it's pretty hard to keep a balance and to not overexpose, not overinvest in one single project. Yes. I think that would be great. Uh, also, probably about security. I think now I have it more more present. Mm. I will say, yeah. Uh, the idea of okay. Of course, I am working in Ledger now, so yeah. I have like this this moral obligation of saying it's important to keep your private keys offline. It's yeah. important to have security. To uh, I don't know, don't have your your seed phrase. In uh, in Google Drive, yes, don't I have mean, it not 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 just because <laughs> you are from Ledger, but you know, as a whole, even if it's not yeah. Ledger as a product, it is yeah. important to not have your private keys online, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, like being careful of, I don't know, uh, anyone who is asking your seed phrase or mm. whatever you are putting your seed phrase is yeah. a website. It's a, they will have control to all your crypto in that wallet. So. Yeah. It's not a bad idea. If let's say you have multiple multi uh, uh, MetaMask accounts, mm. okay, it's not a bad idea. I mean, if you have one for only having Ethereum and really valuable NFTs, yeah, maybe another account to just mess around and mm. <laughs> just to to blind sign whatever you cross. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the second advice will be probably related to to security. Yeah. And maybe the third one would be to focus on learning because learning. It's, it's not only about investing. I mean, at first, when I first got into Bitcoin, into crypto, yeah, I was only focused on making money. Yeah. And I made a lot of money and then I lost a lot of money. Yeah. And then I made a lot more and then I lost a lot more yep. and then I made more. So it's like at a certain point you realize that something that will be with you forever is the things that you learn on yep. the way. That's for sure. And the, the these things is like when you understand what this means, what the revolution is about. Uh, and I'm not talking like politically, but technology. Uh, yep. It's it's really passionate. I mean, if you understand it. So enjoy. Yeah. Enjoy the, 
the right that that's that's super good you know <laughs> even for me i i completely agree with that point if anything like a lot of people go into crypto actually go into a lot of things with a very practical goal in mind yeah. without you know realizing that with everything it takes time and and right. you know you can't just jump into things blindly a lot of like uh, sometimes you know a lot of the gains that you can earn can only be sort of uh uh, maintain if you have the right uh, knowledge right. right so yeah at the end of the day you know knowledge is king it's always important to just keep yourself informed and constantly update your knowledge and you know just make sure that you know the things you know before you get to before you get into something right, right? yeah thanks a lot Paolo. so <laughs> thank you so much and yeah we've come to the end of this episode if you enjoyed it you know uh, be sure to subscribe it and if you have any questions or comments feel free to drop um, some comments on our socials you know you can also add me up on twitter bonstan underscore eth and uh, we'll see you in the next episode of the token singaporean ciao <laughs> thanks ciao